I'm Pete Seligman. Welcome to Season 3 of my podcast, The Next Step. This year, the Australian ETA and Search Fund community is looking forward to its first big event for the region. The ETA Forum will be held at the Manly Pacific Hotel on Manly Beach in Sydney on Friday the 16th of September. In the lead up to the event, I'll be interviewing the speakers and moderators to give you some insight into the experience, capability and knowledge that will be on offer when we all come together for the first time. Please stay tuned as we count down the days and be sure to yell out if you have any questions or comments to offer so we can make the ETA Forum a great event for all involved. Now let's jump into this episode of The Next Step. I looked far and wide in terms of the businesses and I can clearly remember talking to brokers and saying, oh, it doesn't really matter what the business is because I'm passionate about business, you know, the nuts and bolts of how it runs. Again, that turned out to be completely false because once I really did get involved, you're doing it day to day. So the people that you're around are really, really important is my perspective. In this episode of The Next Step, I speak to Richard Hernan, the Managing Director of Broadleaf Financial Group. Richard, along with his co-founder, founded Broadleaf as a type of ETA or search vehicle back in 2015 to roll up a series of financial services companies and has a really interesting perspective on the multiple layers of the search journey. At this year's ETA forum in September, Richard will be undertaking a session at the end of the day where he tries to describe that journey through all of the seasons of search, from searching to operating to directing and then ultimately exiting. Had a great chat to Richard about his experience and how he came to search in the first place and also some of the things that he hopes to get out of his session at the end of the day at the forum in September. I hope you enjoy the episode. Afternoon, Richard. Thanks very much for joining me here and all the way from Perth on the West Coast. How's it feeling like over there in the middle of winter? Yeah, it's feeling a little bit cold. It doesn't normally <laughs> feel this cold in winter. I think we had that chat before, but yeah, thanks for having me on, Pete, and congratulations on everything you've built so far. I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to quite a few of the episodes. Oh, thank you very much. No, it's, it's great fun and, and I'm pretty excited about not only be able to do these podcasts, which is a, basically for me a great excuse to chat to some really interesting people like yourself, but also, you know, to be able to work with a bunch of the other guys to put on the forum in September is a really exciting opportunity for everyone in the community to get together. So, and effectively, you know, that's that's what we're here to talk about today. You've kindly offered to do one of the sessions at the conference and you'll be talking a little bit about it, the experience that you've had buying businesses and being involved in that market. So it's a great opportunity today to touch on a bit of that. Maybe to kick things off, can you just give us a bit of your background and then how that background led you to a point where you decided to go down the path of buying businesses? Yeah, sure. Um, so my background in terms of from a work perspective, I took a pretty traditional route through um, the you know, commerce degree and worked in sort of corporate consulting slash accounting for Ernst & Young. And that's kind of where I got my um, sort of the, the start into into business um, all that way through sort of uni and, and early stage career. It, it was about trying to um, collect as much information as I could because I, I certainly didn't want to be – I didn't see my career as working in those places. I, I really – and I don't know where the spark came from because I sort of don't have entrepreneurial or business owner parents, um, but all my reading um, through that period was about how do I, you know, how do I start up a business or how do I run a business um, where I am the business owner. So that, you know, as I say, I don't know where that came from, but that was certainly, you know, I can remember back to uni days and, and sort of daydreaming and, and, and drafting sort of business ideas and things. So so I, I took that through the sort of early days of Ernst & Young, um, went over to the to the UK, um, which was supposed to be 
there'll be a bit of a theme on this. It was supposed to be six months, then ended up being uh, seven or eight years. And 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 that whole period again was about kind of taking the things I was reading about in in you know, business biographies and, and business books, and 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 trying to put that into the real world. Um, clearly, people weren't going to let me run those businesses, so I had to make myself useful and and sort of earn money along the way. But I was I was absolutely sort of collecting. Um, the ideas to say what you know, how how can I implement this in my own business? Um, what that translated to um, when I was in the UK was sort of doing um, ERP um, enterprise sort of software reengineering projects for some some sort of big name groups over there, which looked good on the CV. Um, my experience of it was it didn't particularly matter what the big name was; they you know, day to day operations and and kind of nuts and bolts of the business was the same thing. Um, I kind of kept myself interested and entertained by actually making change to businesses being useful helping helping serve those businesses um, and I'd through that period I'd sort of do a project for 18 months or two years and I'd take you know three months also off with my girlfriend at the time who became my wife and you know see, see a bit of the world did that for, for quite a while um, and then came back um, and again we you know I had, had a very specific number in mind of this is how much we need to save to be able to buy into a business. Um, and you know, I don't know where that number came from, and it turned out to be completely wrong because it would have got me a, you know, a, a kind of lotto kiosk or a, or a cafe or something. Um, so at the time, I thought it'd be smart to um, to take a job while I while I was looking. Um, and I, I worked for a, a big mining group, which was supposed to be a, a six or twelve month contract. Which again, here's the theme that that went for about nine <laughs> or ten years. Um, so does that mean next time I ask you how long you're going to do something, I should multiply it by a certain factor? And <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's at least three, maybe five times, whatever yeah. I say. But I mean, if I, in hindsight, if I knew the real, you know, how was, everything was going to take, I, I wouldn't have started. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was it. Was probably about three cracks at, at jumping out of the corporate um, sort of corporate world. But it's you know, I had a fantastic job, great people, you know, traveling the world doing flying at the pointy end and all that sort of stuff. Um, but the, the whole time I was kind of thinking, um, you know, this isn't exactly what I want to be doing, but I'll kind of make the most of it um, as, I've, as I'm going through that journey. Um, I eventually sort of got the courage to jump out. That was uh, 2015. Um, the, the whole time there was this juggle between do I start something or do I buy into an existing business? Um, in for a, for a couple of years, I'd sort of been going and speaking to business brokers and, and having a look around. And, um, joined with a mate a business owners club, which was you know there was a bit of humour in the whole thing because there's all these business owners in the room and and myself and my mate who weren't business owners but just you know, t- turned up and 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 they seemed to be happy with us being there. Um, but yeah, so that that period was again as I say, startup or or buy into, um, and then through the research of. Of, of that side of it, it was I, I quickly discovered that buying something that was a match for what I wanted was was more than I could afford. Mm. Um, and then there was there was a lot of work done to say, well, how can you buy something more than what you can afford yourself? Um, and and that turned into, you know, how do I get together a syndicate of, in, of investors? Um, and, and on the face of it, people seemed really uh, really interested. I felt like I'd built a background where people would trust what I do, and I, I had a track record of actually delivering. Um, and not not just talking, which um, so so from that I you know did a lot of research around the structures of of how you finance that sort of business, and that led me to um, entrepreneurship through acquisition and and search, which which didn't exist in Australia. It was um, it, it was a search into um, the US. So I 
So I'd, I'd spoken to, before that point, I'd spoken to a number of people who had bought businesses in Australia, but there, and, and particularly in Perth, there were three or four who'd done it pretty well where they'd bought three or four businesses, um, which was kind of like a search structure. Um, and then I'd, I'd reached out to the guys in the US community and they were, you know, fantastic in terms of giving it their time. There was probably a half dozen of the sort of, you know, names that people would recognise. Um, spoke with them, as I say, you know, fantastic, really giving it their time. Um, and, and from there, I sort of had this, you know, it was like this eureka moment of, oh, yeah. well, I'll just do this. This, this will be easy. Um, it's funny, isn't yeah, it? You, you reflect on, um, you know, you say right, right the way back before you even, you know, during your university days, you were daydreaming about kind of business ownership without even almost knowing it, you know, and, and then thinking, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll follow a traditional path, you know, corporate career, all that sort of stuff. But every now and then you'd be dragged back to this almost undefinable um, uh, kind of magnet that was pulling you back to do something else. It wasn't startup. It wasn't, and you couldn't quite put your finger on it. It was just a matter of trying to work out exactly what that structure was. And it's so interesting how when I speak to people about them deciding that they want to go down the search path, when it when it gets described to them, they're like, that's it. Like, yeah. I now know I've had all these thoughts in my head about what I want to do. I can't put my finger on it. But now you've described it, that's it. Yeah, and, and to me, it was such an obvious thing. And and I'd, I'd you know, say so oversimplified it earlier. I thought, well, there's plenty of people around with lots of money who are keen investing in things. Um, I'm, I'm prepared to do the work. There's this great partnership, you know, someone with capital, me doing the work. You know that's that's pretty easy, isn't it? Um, mm. Turns out not so. Yeah. Uh, so you, you kind of kind of need. So I'd spoke to a lot of people. As I say, they they were receptive, um, but it just wasn't quite there until I had had a structure behind it. Um, so as I say, with the US, the, the guys over there, it's like, yep, this will be easy. I'll go back. I got all excited about um, you know this search funds in the US. You know they're generating you know thirty five plus percent IRR and all this. You know, won't people be falling over themselves? To um, to invest in in me as you know following this structure um, again you know after maybe even only a few days of talking to various people and their their kind of eyes would glaze over when you mentioned search because it's you know I think until yeah. it's a tangible thing you can point to in their in their exact scenario um, was my experience they'd be like okay so I just started changing the wording and saying you know look I'm getting a syndicate of people together I've got to buy buy an established business, here's the ones, you know, I've already looked at a heap um, and, I, and I'd even say, look, you know, they've been operating for 20, 30 years, um, you know, you'll generate this return as long as I don't screw it up you know, and, and I'm pretty confident I won't screw it up. I'm not I'm not here to claim that I'm the world's best business person um, but I've, you know, put in some time to think I can run these things pretty well. Um, so that was, that, that got me to that sort of search structure. Um, I looked far and wide in terms of the businesses and I can clearly remember talking to brokers and saying, oh, it doesn't really matter what the business is because I'm passionate about business, you know, the nuts and bolts of how it runs. Again, that turned out to be completely false because once I really did get involved, you're doing it day to day. So the people that you're around are really, really important is my perspective. Mm. Um, so I I then sort of started to narrow the focus down to Needed to be service orientated. I was, um, and there was a whole and, and touch on it. We did a, did a talk around a bit more of the background of how I, how I narrowed that into um, the service piece and 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 that sort of guiding philosophy that I had um, or have. But that that sort of took me to education, um, and I found some really good education businesses. 
Um, and and from there, it, it became financial services, again, which is is helping, serving people. Um, I partnered with my uh, the co-founder of Broadleaf um, Financial Group, so uh, Dean Gilkerson. He's, he's got 25 years deep experience in financial advisory, financial planning. Um, so I end up bringing the, the search structure and, again, sort of doing, doing the work of finding businesses, partnering with businesses. He brought the operational sort of background and skill set. Um, and that's how we, you know, how Broadleaf came to be today. Um, there was a, you know, in terms of what I said before about thinking I'd be in a business for or a job for 12 months and it taking five years or yeah so I I clearly remember when I um when I found the traditional search and self-funded search and going yeah yeah I'll do the traditional search right that sounds great someone will back us in and then when I spoke to a few people about it it's like oh it's going to take me probably six months to to get this together but it's only going to take me six months to find a business so why wouldn't I just do that and and I sat down with my wife and said you know had as I left um, the corporate world, I um, had a package which would, you know, basically fund me for twelve months. So I said it'll take me six months. You know, I'm super confident. I'm not a great salesperson, but I think at that time I was I was doing okay. So I've, I said, you know, it'll take six months. This is how it'll play out. And if in the very unlikely event that it fails, you know, I get six months to find another job. Perfect plan. Okay. Um. So that you know that didn't quite work out. So the the you know the twelve months took more like three years. Yeah. Of, of, of not getting paid. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a whole, you know, there's some, some funny stories there for other people, not so funny for myself, um, which I can <laughs> yeah. dive, dive into. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's really interesting though, that, that kind of reality is something that's so important of this process. Like, um, so one of the things that quite often I refer to is that like, when it comes to that whole journey of search, the view from the top when when you've been through each of those steps of that process is fantastic. But but if you don't enjoy the climb, you're never going to make yeah. it. Like you kind of do actually really need to enjoy that struggle and, and kind of get sort of maybe not enjoyment but fulfilment out, out of that struggle because yeah. if you don't, you'll give up because um, exactly yeah. as you say, things can take longer than you expect. Yeah, and and I think it's true. It's absolutely the case that I've sort of found a way to enjoy all those pieces and even you know the bits that inevitably you know searches go through where you think you found the, the the ideal business and for whatever reason it, it falls over. Um, and again I could I sort of had you know sort of frameworks or methods and to to be able to go, okay, as soon as you get that phone call, bang, you're on to the next one. Like it was this um the, the sort of fail forward stuff which I would have you know read somewhere and just gone, okay, how how quickly do I recover? And it mm-hmm. became like a a little game where as soon as you got this rejection, it'd be like the fuel to the, the you know, there, there was no gap. Mm. Um, and then there was a whole lot of stuff around, um, you know, even in the very early days when, you know, so you're leaving the structure of that corporate environment and there was a good, it would have been at least six months, I think, where where when I would be speaking to people, they'd just be assuming that I'm down the beach somewhere. or And, yeah. and, it, and it, it did annoy me for maybe a month or two. And then I just thought, well, that's if people can think what they can think, I'm just going to get on with doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and, and then I, so I had to develop a structure around that. And um, so there's a whole host of things there where, you know, in terms of that sort of journal, um, there was some tangible things around fitness where I thought, well, I can at least see progress. You know, you, on the search journey, you can't see tangible progress for a lot of, a lot of things. Um, so I went and did some crazy stuff around um, 
you know, marathons and world record attempts for various things and like, you know, played some mental games myself and yeah. So yeah. There's a lot, and, lot of stuff we could dive into. And so so at the at the forum, um, you're gonna be talking about kind of trying to wrap um kind of an umbrella around that whole kind of A to Z, you know, like, you know, from the perspective of someone that's going to think that they might want to embark on this ETA journey, like what does it look like to make your way through each of the phases of that journey? Um, you know, we're still a few weeks out, so I'm not expecting you to have everything prepared, right? Um, but but what's, your, what's your general thinking on kind of um, what you want to get out of that session and, and what are the kind of main points or topics or approaches that you want to try and touch on for the audience when, when we're there in September? Yeah, so definitely that, that theme of the seasons of, of search, I think it's a great metaphor. I'm not sure if you came up with it yourself, Pete, but I'll give you, give you credit for that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so just overlaying my journey over that the seasons of search, and and clearly I'm I'm still an operator within you know, Broadleaf Financial Group, still operating. Um, we're we're using the search structure, but we're we're sort of it's a strong structure, lightly held, if if you like. So we've we've kind of pragmatically said, here's the bit of search that actually really worked for us. Here's the bits that within our context, um, you know, we do something a bit different. Um, so it'll it'll be overlaying the, those things and 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 really showing. Yeah, you know, there's a big chunk of the, you know, as, as you described that, um, you know, the spring where you, you know, you're funding, um, you're funding, and you've got the excitement and all those things going on. Um, you know, there's a lot of lessons there that I think people can can sort of look at what I what I did and mm-hmm. and maybe hopefully not make the same mistakes. You know, so so we we've definitely got a way, of, you know, a, a community now, a significant community of people you can learn from. So it'll be, I think, talking around. Here, here's what I went through. Um, you guys don't have to do those same things. You know, here's the resources that are out there that are, that's fantastic on the the funding side, and I think it's a really exciting time um, in search because there's enough of a community, but there's not a saturation where the opportunities are, I think are, are fantastic. Um, then then into that sort of operating phase where it's absolutely you know, broadleaf, and I won't go into all the detail of what we do, but we you know, it's. We, we do multiple acquisitions, so there's a lot of we say there's fund, partner, and search mm. in in our in our model. So so really we have those we have three seasons mm. that, that roll through. Um, so I'll be, I'll be talking a chunk around operating and and what we see because we we're involved with a, you know, a lot of people and a, and a range of businesses. Um, and then on to the you know the winter, I think as you as you call it in your metaphor around, and that that's where you've got to move from. You know, you've moved moved into being more like the, the non-exec director, you're, you're on the business, not in the business. Mm. In our model, we we always are the on, not in. We we help, but we don't interfere. Mm. Um, and then moving to that, you know, that position down the track of of exiting a business. Mm. So in in our in our model, we never we never plan to completely exit the business. We have a wide range of shareholders, um, so people can get on and off the bus at any point. Um, but our our version of the winter is. What's the optimal ownership level that Broadleaf has in a business? Um, and, and as we have um, next generation leaders coming through, often it means that we will sell down some to make sure that there's, you know, there's there's a, I think an ideal point where people are incentivized and to be, you know, they're, they're genuine owners of the business. Um, if we're owning too much, it's, they feel more like employees, and there's a resentment that can build up there. Mm. Um, so. So we've definitely had experience around those things and talking through that, that whole cycle. Um, so, so in, in the broadleaf sort of version of the the seasons of search, 
there's a there's quite a number of years you know, mm-hmm. we roll through um, each of those seasons um, and you know, and and then there's all sorts of stuff that happens throughout you know there's uh, you're only you're one phone call away from a fantastic thing or a terrible thing and yeah. um, and and plenty of those things have happened to us and and for us um, through through the journey so far so I mean there's heaps of heaps of stories and different things but you know I'm conscious I don't want to bore people to death with stuff it's more so I think we we said you know talk for half an hour or so and then have 10 or 15 minutes of yeah and whatever <laughs> questions if people have got some interest in, in an area and i think that q and a will be really interesting because like like you say um there are lots of different it's almost like that journey that journey through that whole process requires the individual like the searcher or the entrepreneur to actually kind of morph into all these different characters because you know you need to be like an m and a M&A person in the first bit and then after that you need to be this kind of kind of not necessarily startup but this kind of scale up entrepreneur and, and then then you need to be this kind of mature operator and then after that you need to delegate everything and kind of take your hands off the wheel and become this non-exec and then after that you need to work out how to ditch this business that you've fallen in love with like you know you, you it, it's a real it's it's like a whole uh kind of um, range of emotions that you need to go through, yeah. but also a range of skill sets you need to develop. Every time you think you've mastered something, like you get to the end of your search and you've bought a business, and suddenly you think, I'm great at doing this searching thing, but I don't need to do it anymore. Or, I'm, I'm yeah. great at running this business, but I don't need to do it anymore. Like you need to keep evolving. Yeah. And and in our world, we're doing multiple of those things in mm. parallel. So we, we refer to the same thing. We refer to it as hats, not mm. what hat are we wearing at the moment? And there's this hat dizziness, you know, if you're, Doing all sorts of different things, um, so we we literally check into meetings and saying, okay, I'm wearing the hat of the, you know, the the operator, or I'm wearing the hat of the corporate finance guy, whatever it is, because you need that, you know, whatever it might be that ten seconds, just go, okay, mm-hmm. here's what we're talking about, here's what we're doing, yeah. um, and and yeah, there's a range of sort of techniques and frameworks that we lean on, because yeah, otherwise you just it's just a, <laughs> a mashup of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it can, can be quite confusing, and and particularly like in your example, when you've got kind of your fingers in quite a few different pies, and what you're having to do for each of them is different. You need to be able yeah. to move and change your approach depending on which room you're in at the time. So uh, it, it, that'll be fantastic, and I'm sure that you know the session that you're running is close to the end of the day, and which I think will be great because everyone would have had a chance to kind of get into the detail on particular elements. And then kind of have that end of day session where it's like, well, this is what this whole journey looks like. This they need to piece all those things together. You know, we talked about doing deals, we talked about operating businesses, we talked about making investments, all that sort of stuff. Now, this is what it looks like to actually navigate, you know, from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, and I'm really looking forward to the I saw the itinerary the other day of all the um, people that are speaking and and being able to attend those and um, you know and, and and chat through at the end. Um, hopefully, that all sort of comes together i think as i said to you earlier I'll, I'll be visiting the venue which has been recently refurbished next week and it's got a great outlook out onto manly beach you know lots of sunlight lots of fresh air and so um i think it'll be a great venue to keep everyone kind of humming for the whole day so it should be good yeah it should be exciting yeah fantastic well thank you very much for your time today richard it was great to catch up and really interesting to get some early insights on what we expect to hear from you when you come in september and obviously, given that there's been a couple of years of all sorts of random COVIDs and everything else going on, it'd be a great opportunity to finally meet face-to-face. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Fantastic. Thanks, Richard. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of The Next Step. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're joining us at the 2022 ETA Forum in Manly, I look forward to seeing you there. If you haven't already bought a ticket and this episode lit the spark, please head to etaforum.com.au to book your place and we'll see you in September.